and, uh, and it's good to be back inside after uh, a little bit of a change for the last couple weeks. And it looks like, uh, as we mentioned last week, there have been some uh, positive changes with two Supreme Court rulings in the last uh, 10 days that have gone favorable for churches. And uh, we uh, have every indication to think that that would uh, continue. But uh, I'm very glad you're here. Some we haven't seen in a while. And uh, I was saying to someone, I said, well, there's a lot of us we haven't seen in a while. So thank you for taking time to be in the Lord's house today. And man, what a great time of year this is, uh, even in 2020, right? Um, and I'm so grateful for all of those who took time to decorate. And uh, I, I'm just glad Robert decided to climb the ladder instead of uh, leaving that for me. So these, uh, these wreaths you see up here, and then, of course, all the platform. Uh, Tracy Grimstead and uh, Michelle helped with that. And then the trees uh, looks fabulous. And uh, it looks so good. I, I hate that it's only up for a few weeks. Um, but we probably would look weird. We'd be one of those places, you know, you still got them up in March. I guess they're a little, little slow to move things around, but uh, nonetheless, I'm so glad you're here, and uh, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday. We're going to start off with a great song, uh, and uh, uh, I think that's, uh, that's very, very important for the time in which we live, and, uh, and certainly the fact that uh, even though it's been somewhat uh, uh, infringed upon in recent months, um, I'm glad we're able to get back together, and our numbers are limited, um, but uh, the way we have set up our seating, and we do ask you, if you need to move a chair or add a chair, please make sure you see one of the ushers in the back before you do any of that. The reason is everything is set up in six-foot uh, uh, distance spacing. All of the aisles that you see, uh, all of the separation between rows from front to back, and uh, we'd like to uh, try to accommodate the social distancing requirements. Uh, we don't have a time when we uh, set aside time for, of course, the passing of the offering plates. We don't have a time when we regularly have fellowship and handshakes. And by the way, be respectful of one another because some people are more comfortable than others. Uh, but, uh, and I don't minimize COVID at all. Um, COVID is, is it's real. It's legit. It uh, affects some people more than others, particularly if you have... Um, health concerns or issues otherwise, um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm very, very grateful for us to do it in a safe way uh, and uh, to do it in a, a strategic way, and so uh, yesterday afternoon, my wife and I were here make, measuring everything, and uh, we actually have these uh, rods that are six feet long, so we don't have to keep using tape measures, and uh, so we have several of those, and we use them to uh, just set the rows up accordingly. Uh, so if you do need to move or make any adjustments, add on for someone, uh, please make sure you see one of the ushers and they can uh, help uh, with that. Uh, you're welcome to wear a mask. Um, I, I am supposed to indicate that masks are strongly suggested for indoor meetings. Um, it's not something that I am requiring. Um, if you are comfortable wearing one, please feel free to do so. And if you are uncomfortable wearing one, please feel free to do that too. Um, but be respective of one another. And I know we've said this a number of times uh, because everybody, listen, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has feelings one way or another. And uh, you don't know everybody's personal life situation, where they work, what's required of them, what their family situation is back home, all of those type of things. Um, and so please be mindful of that. A lot of our friends have come down with COVID in different parts of the country. Uh, Pastor Chapel was diagnosed yesterday, and I got a text from them uh, down there, and so uh, it's, it's affecting their church now as well. Brother Finley, who was with us in October, and uh, they had their, their, uh, their missions conference, and every one of their missionaries came down, tested positive with COVID. Uh, they had over 50 cases in their church, and he himself and his, his wife and kids and everybody connected with them tested positive, and so they basically shut down everything for several weeks and met back in church this morning. So it is real. It is legit. And so we do want to be careful uh, with it. But, uh, but also, um, I want to keep having church. And if you're comfortable to come, please feel free to do so. If you would prefer to watch at home online, as many folks are, and I'm, I'm certainly very grateful and mindful of that, uh, but let's, uh, uh, let's be uh, gracious 
and considerate of each other. So thank you. Thank you so very much for taking time to be here. Man, it's good to see you in church. Now let's, uh, listen, when we're in church, you guys got to respond. And you sang better today. Uh, it's, it, it, it's not quite like pulling teeth, but some of you are, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the distancing from everybody. I don't know. But if you, if you want to, feel free to, to sing and rejoice in your heart to the Lord. And uh, we certainly uh, look, look forward to Uh, to those opportunities together. Uh, I'm going to pray one more time, and then we've got a special music, a special coming out, and then we'll come right back to to preach. But before I do, if I get Pat and Carrie to stand right there where they're at, um, normally we'd have a time where you could come and handshake, but uh, I'm not going to do that, of course. But Pat and Carrie just moved here this week, in fact, arrived on Monday, and Carrie's going to be helping us in the Learning Center uh, and then the school somewhat, and then also working full-time as a teacher in our school next fall. And Pat's going to be helping me a little bit around the church as well. I've known them for many years, and uh, they're wonderful people, and you'll enjoy getting to know them. Uh, they just moved here from Southern California, and Pat actually started a church in Menifee, and his was one of those churches that really got shut down because they were meeting at school. And, of course, when that happened, they lost their place to meet and uh, were doing the house church thing for a little while, and then you can imagine how things went from there. But uh, they have a little girl named Peyton who's four, right? And uh, these are great people. I want you to get to know them from six feet away, um, at at least for now, and uh, hold nothing against him with all of his SoCal teens. I mean, this guy is, uh, is a huge sports nut. And, uh, but uh, I think almost all his teams are Southern California. That's all right. I brought my Cincinnati stuff here, and uh, it's all good. But great, great people. By the way, Carrie, for some of you would know the connection here. We support two of her brothers uh, who are missionaries, the Beals. She has a brother in Thailand. And then uh, where is uh, Nate going? Going to Chile. And I think they've already got their... They're ready to go now, right? They did, did open the country up to where they could come. They had been waiting to get into Chile. So uh, they went to Thailand, to Chile. She came to Oregon. So uh, anyway, and then she has uh, two other brothers, another brother that's about ready to become a pastor, and then a brother who's a administrator at a Christian school. So a family that is deeply, deeply committed to ministry and uh, wonderful people. You'll enjoy getting to know them. Thank you so very much, Pat and Carrie. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy to us. And again, we ask for your help today as we open your word. I pray you'd teach us from your word, and I pray you'd be pleased by what's said and done. May it be honoring to you. Guide and direct our words and our thoughts, we pray. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. All right, thank you for that. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. When I first heard that song, I, I hadn't heard it before, but it, I think the title is, O Come All Ye Unfaithful. And it's, uh, of course, it's a takeoff on, O Come All Ye Faithful, um, because so many of us find ourselves broken and wounded and uh, not as faithful as we should be. And so um, I'm grateful for the ladies singing that uh, this morning. Man, I like Christmas. You like Christmas? Come on now. All right. I love it. Um, you know, they say people who decorate earlier live longer. I don't, I don't know how, do they, how they gauge or manage that. And I really don't. I never know who they is anyway. You know, so they say. It's like there's this think tank somewhere in outer space, and they, that's where they live. And so they come up with all this stuff. But, I, but I'm one of those that I, I really like it decorated, and I, d- I don't mind it a little bit early, as long as we don't skip Thanksgiving. Because you've heard me say many times, Thanksgiving is probably the most biblically-based holiday there is on the calendar, because God tells us over and over, be thankful. In everything, give thanks. Uh, come into His presence with thanksgiving. And so, uh, but nonetheless, man, I... I uh, I love that, and I love uh, certainly the, uh, the season of Christmas that we find ourselves in. We're going to be looking at a passage of scripper, Scripture, scripper. don't you like that? A passage, and usually when I mess up, one of my girls is laughing somewhere, and so I'm sure they are now. But we're in Matthew chapter number 2, and verse number 1 is where we'll start. If you have your, your uh, Bibles open there, you're welcome to use those. But uh, you certainly are welcome to avail yourself to the, uh, to the screen there as well. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard those things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. <coughs> And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And now Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Let's pray once more. Lord, help us now. Again, please guide and direct our words and our thoughts. And we ask that uh, you'd be pleased by what's said and done. May it be honoring to thee. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Seeking Jesus is the title of the message. We're going to look at several verses along the way here. I'll throw them up there on the screen as we're able. 
This thing has been a little finicky of late, so I'm not sure it'll, it'll stay and, and be obedient this morning, but we'll give it our best shot. The Bible is very clear here in the second verse saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. The first thought this morning is they made the right decision. They made the right decision for what are they seeking. That's a question that everyone ought to ask ourselves. You know, questions, I've said this before, they have a way of challenging us, convicting us. Uh, Statements um, are more condemning. But uh, questions are more convicting. It's why if you're asking somebody, if, you know, if you know for sure you were to die today, are you, are you sure you would go to heaven? Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Well, that's a question. And that question causes people to probe and to ponder. It causes them to muse about something, as opposed to knocking on someone's door and, and telling them they're going to hell. That probably wouldn't be a good way uh, to do that. Uh, though the fact is, if they're lost, that, that is true. That's where each and every one of us were going prior to salvation. But this question here uh, that comes to all of us this morning is, what are you really seeking in life? If I could ask you right now, what would you want uh, for Christmas? What would you want in your life? What would be the thing that you would choose? What would you say would be the first thing that would come to the top of uh, your list? Um, and so these wise men made a decision, and their decision was the right one. They chose to put everything in, all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, and go all out to find Jesus Christ, the Messiah the Moshiach, the one, the Savior of the world. And so they said, this is our decision we've made. And so let me ask you this, what are you seeking? Sometimes people look for uh, possessions. They want wealth. They want things. And, and uh, the Bible tells us that they that will be rich uh, gather themselves uh, thorns and snares. And, and uh, will be rich means they, they pursue that. Uh, the Bible tells us that's Paul writing to Timothy, and he tells him the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil, but it says the, the love or the passion or the pursuit, and that becomes the one thing that you want in life. So what is it you're seeking? Maybe it is possessions. Maybe it's uh, popularity. I want uh, people to think good of me. I want people to like me, and I want people to be impressed with me. And so I try to put that out there. Uh, maybe it's uh, power and influence that we want, and we want to be able to uh, people to Uh, just uh, look to us. But whatever it is that you're seeking, you better make sure that it's biblically based. These men made the right choice, uh, the right decision. Everybody has a a moment, a window, an opportunity in their life, and uh, sometimes we call it a a wake-up call. These men had their wake-up call. Their wake-up call, I think, really came when they started seeking, but boy, it was heightened once they spoke to Herod and realized Herod's real intent as this story unfolds. But that wake-up call is that moment when you realize everything that I've been pursuing to this point has been wrong. You know, I was thinking, uh, as, as I said, I woke up at 3 o'clock and the word forgiveness was on my mind, but I, I, I was thinking about my life and... Uh, Here I am at 58 years of age, and the only thing that really matters is, have I done anything for Christ? It doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what car we drive. It doesn't matter what clothes we wear. It doesn't matter how much money we have or don't have. It doesn't matter the friends we've met, the places we've gone, the things we've done, and that we could go through any list that we want to. But the only list that really matters is, what have I done? Have I I made any influence for God? Have I made any impact for eternity? Is there any difference in eternity because of these past 58 years for this guy? Because at the end of the day, that's all that will matter. It won't matter how much you have done and accomplished for self. There was a wake-up call for these men. The Bible calls them wise men or uh, uh, sages would have been a word that would be used. And so at some point in everyone's life, you have to have a pivotal moment that is your wake-up call. And by the way, it can happen at any time. For the thief on the cross, it happened moments before he drew his last breath. For Saul, it happened on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number 9. For, the, uh, uh, for these men, it was at this moment. For the prodigal, it was in a hog pen as he began to feed himself just like the hogs did. And, but everybody has a wake-up moment, a wake-up call. Our only hope that is that it's not too late. 
The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. But may I remind us that these men, when the wake-up call came in their life, they made the right decision. The Bible tells us further, and I want to notice uh, verse number uh, 5. Let me pull it up here. Verse number 5 in our passage. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So the first thought is they made the right decision for what are you seeking. The second thought is this, they heard it from the right source, the word of God. Then begs the question, to whom or what are you listening? We're easily swayed, we're easily influenced by everything that we hear. Paul gave warning to churches, don't be moved about, don't be tossed by what you hear. In fact, he would write this, he said, though I or an angel from heaven preach another gospel, let him be accursed. And one of the great reasons is because we hear something and then all of a sudden we go like this. We're like, we're mercurial in our faith uh, because this went differently than we thought it should be or so-and-so has said this. And sometimes we're quick to gravitate, quick to change and quick to embrace something that we've heard, particularly if it's something we like, particularly if it's something that is in our best interest. And so let me ask you this morning, what are you listening to? What, what moves you? What guides you? What directs you? Because these men made a decision. They made the right decision. They decided, I'm going to go seek the Lord. But they based it upon the teaching of the Word of God. And you and I, with the choices that we make and the impact that we make and the, the path that we take and the course that we take in this life, it must be based upon the Word of God. And so they heard it from the right source. That's why the Bible tells us, let God be true and every man a liar. Do you realize that though I am the pastor of this church, I'm no different than anybody else, other than that is the position to which God has called and appointed me. But I'm a sinner like every one of you, no different. So when the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar, that means everybody. That, That doesn't distinguish and differentiate any of us. Anytime you read the words of man, you're reading the words of a man who is a liar. Now, he may not be particularly lying about that which he's saying at that moment, but he has that sin nature. He has that fallen nature, that Adamic from Adam nature that each and every one of us have. And so in this particular instance, these guys not only decided, I'm going to make the right choice, I'm going to listen to the right source. So the question that I would ask for each of us today is, Who do you listen to? Who drives, who directs, who motivates, who grabs your attention, and who can uh, take the mood and emotion in your life and twist it in a moment? Because God would never do that, by the way. You know, God's word is pretty steady. (laughs) Heaven and earth shall pass away, but not his word. He says that his word shall not fail. And so if, if I ask us today, to whom am I listening, my first answer should always be, well, this is what the Word of God says. Thus saith the Lord. And that should always be the answer to that uh, particular question. We, we gave you the passage, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So not only do we see they made the right decisions, but then secondly, we see they heard it from the right source. Then thirdly, may I say this, they sought the right king, the only king. Who calls the shots in my life is the next question. Verse number six from our text, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. First Corinthians, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, chapter 8, verse number 6. But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. The world would say there's many paths to heaven. No, there's not. There's just one. Because the word of God is so plain. It, in fact, God uses definite articles when he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Some religion and some false teaching and some false books penned by man 
inspired by the devil, will tell you, oh, it's, we're, we're all just choosing the same thing. You know, you may call him this and we may call him this, but it, it's all the same. No, it's not. There is one God, saith the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Bible tells us, there is one God. And God himself wrapped himself in a robe of flesh when he came to this place more than 2,000 years ago to give himself as the sacrifice for our sins. And so they made the decision. Listen, can you imagine the conflict and the struggle that would have occurred when they walked into the presence of a king? A being one of many. Now his kingdom was physical and it was on the earth and it was temporal, by the way. He's been long since gone. But when they walked into his presence and probably were guarded in their speech, knowing, I don't want to upset, I don't want to offend, I don't want to tick him off, because these guys had had a lot of power that they could uh, yield at, at any moment. They could pretty much say whatever they wanted. It's why we, when we notice the boldness of Paul as he would speak before governors and kings and leaders, and he didn't mind telling them, I was on the road to Damascus, I saw a light from heaven, as bright as a noonday sun. But in walked these three guys. And they tell him, we're going to find the king. The king. Now, we know by Herod's response that uh, they were not intimidated as one might think. And Herod twisted things and lied and gave deception and said, come back and tell me where he's at. Give me word so that I could go and worship him. And he was lying the entirety of the time and the Holy Spirit would come to them and God would warn them, hey, go back another way. We know that story. But the fact is, they didn't care who they were speaking to, because the decision was clear. My king is Jesus Christ. And beside him, there is no other. It's not like I have to try to measure it, engage it, uh, compare. Well, I wonder what so-and-so might say. I wonder what so-and-so might think. There is one God. There is one Savior. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we... uh, uh, you, you know, and it's one of the reasons why when we, when we pick the songs, particularly for this season, and Joy to the World, by the way, wasn't written as a Christmas carol. When Isaac Watts penned it, it was a song recognizing the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh as the King of Kings. It was recognizing that. Uh, we do it a disservice when we only sing it in December really, to be honest, because it, it's, one, it's scripturally based, and I try to make sure that when we pick songs, they, they have doctrine in them. They're not fluffy, uh, you know, and, and I don't mind if you sing Frosty the Snowman. I, I really don't, but, but I, I, I'm not really wanting to sing Frosty the Snowman here. That I, now, maybe down here, but not from up here, and maybe if we were having a, a get together with children. I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with Rudolph, okay? I mean, you know, Rudolph's cool. Um, now we realize he was made up. The guy who actually wrote his story wrote it in the 1930s, and he wrote it to get people to come into his department store. So he wrote a story, and you know Dasher and Dancer. I'd go ahead and sing it all, but uh, and some of you probably are finishing it right now. Uh, you don't know, <laughs> we don't know all the verses to joy to the world, but we know Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall? Here we go. See, see, man, I got to get that out of there. But, but, but he wrote that story so that people would come in and visit his, his store. And he had a display. And here was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, I'm not saying that that's, uh, uh, it's blasphemous to sing that song. You want to sing it? It's great. It's great. It's fine. Have fun with it. Dashing through the snow. All that stuff's good. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that stuff. But when we come here, I really want to make sure that we're not just saying Jesus is the reason for the season. I want there to be no shadow of a doubt that everything we do is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't make sure that he is worthy. The Bible says, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so... uh, if you hear me singing those, understand, I, I don't mind the, the festivity of the season and all of that. 
but I really want, and by the way, I know most of our children are gone into those rooms. I really want to make sure that they understand it's not Frosty and Rudolph and dashing through the snow. I want to make sure they recognize it's about him. And so these men, they made the decision, we seek but one king. Two thieves hanging on the the cross and both of them facing imminent death. And one of them says, if thou be the Christ, come down from the cross and save thyself and us. In other words, he was looking for a quick fix out of his predicament for the moment. The other one began to scold him, and he said, Dost not thou fear God, seeing we are in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly? But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he looked to the Lord and said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He recognized this is not a king, this is the king. And not only do you have to have that pivotal moment where you have that wake-up call that causes you to make the right decision, then you recognize that you've got to be listening to the right source. And then thirdly, you've got to be seeking the right king. So let me ask you again, who is calling the shots in your life? Then draw our attention to later in that passage, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding Great joy, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, or gifts rather, gold and frankincense in myrrh. And they had the right response. Several things that I want to draw our attention to, and I'll throw that verse up there for us. Verse 11, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, notice first of all, and fell down. You see, the first response when you seek the right king and you're making the right decisions in life is you got to come humbly. You got to realize that you got to humble yourself. You realize that when Jeremiah said, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions they fail not, I understand that my very breath is held in the hands of God. The Bible says, in whom we live and have our being. And I I don't deserve my next breath. I don't deserve my next heartbeat. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And so, you've got to come humbly. Sometimes, and I, I haven't heard much lately, but on occasion in the past, I've heard people commanding God. Like God owes them something. When they pray, Lord, I demand. Well, that's not a good idea to go to God that way. I mean, you know, not that God is sitting in the heavens and, you know, just waiting to snuff people out. I don't believe that God is that way either. God is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So I don't think he's up there wanting to knock you off a chessboard as you were nothing but a pawn in the game. But I do know that he is sovereign over all. And in this particular instance, here comes three guys who just left the presence of Herod. But they came to the presence of the Prince of Peace And their first response was they fell down. You and I have no right to demand or command God to do anything. It is all because of his mercy and grace and long-suffering that we have anything. And so their their first response, we, we see that they have the right response And that is, they humbled themselves. James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then may I say this further. Not only did they have the right response to humble themselves. And then notice uh, Luke chapter number 4 and verse number 8. And Jesus answered and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So the Bible says they fell down, middle part of the verse there on the screen before you, and they worshiped him because only he is worthy of worship. We worship a lot of things. Our world, our culture, our society has thrown a lot of things out there to worship. They, uh, they can be things that are not necessarily bad things. Uh, they can be pleasure. 
you know, you realize there's, there's not a thing wrong with the things that you do that you enjoy as long as they don't separate you from God. If your passion is hunting, pursue it. If your passion is, passion is, is fishing, go for it. If your passion is backpacking or climbing or camping, have at it. And you know my passion for camping. It's, you know, Hampton Inn and uh, those kind of wonderful campgrounds. Hilton Garden Inn, fabulous campground. Um, you know, Holiday Inn Excess, fabulous camping facilities. And if, if but, but hey, listen, I, seriously, if, go for it. I, I'm serious. Uh, I've, I've, I have camped numerous times in different places, and I, I've woke up in the, with a root in the middle of my back, sleeping on the bare ground. And listen, I, I love getting back to nature from my car. And then heading to camping facilities at the Hampton Inn. So, but whatever it is that you want to pursue, maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's right now, maybe it's just getting outside and taking a breath of fresh air, which is a wonderful thing. If your passion is running or fitness, and by fitness, it could be trying to fitness in my mouth, whatever it is you happen to be eating. Um, but, but whatever it might be that you want to pursue, go ahead and go for it. As long as it doesn't take you away from God. Because their first response was they they made the right decision, they listened to the right source, and when they got there, their response was that they recognized who this is, and they came humbly, and then secondly, they worshipped Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, we notice they fell down and worshipped, (laughs) and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Hebrews, Romans chapter 12, rather. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see they had the right response. They came humbly, they came worshiping, and they came giving. You know, I've said this before. I think here I've said it. But it's always amazed me how um, my last birthday, uh, Michelle and everybody surprised me, and I had no idea. I was carrying trash bags through the lobby, and I wasn't even paying attention. And out there on the the driveway, uh, Michelle had all these cupcakes, and and, uh, people were coming through with gifts. And by the way, if you did not get a thank you card from me, and you gave me something, thank you. And you say, Pastor, that was three months ago. Um, you know that I, I had a list of everybody, we wrote it down, everybody who gave me anything, and I have no idea to this day what I did with that list. I, I have no idea. So, and my wife said, that's terrible. You never thanked anybody? I said, I don't know who gave me what. Uh, so if, if you gave me something, and if you want to write me a note and say, yeah, Pastor, I gave you a $100 bill. Um, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I I apologize that you did not get a thank you note. So here's my blanket. Thank you for all of you that remembered my birthday. But uh, um, so here they they made the right response. They came humbly, they came worshiping, and then they decided to give a gift. But can you imagine if if I would have walked out there, my wife said, leave the trash and head out front. And I said, what in the world's going on? And uh, so so then I saw it and, um, you know, uh, so, and by the way, I, I'm still eating some of the, uh, some of the food from, uh, 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 my birthday in September, by the way, I checked the dates on it. It was still good. Okay. But, uh, I'm talking about the candies, the prepackaged stuff, those kind of things. But can you imagine if, uh, if I would have stood out there greeting everybody as they drove through and everybody was getting something but me. Hey, Michelle, this is for you. Tony, this is yours. Lauren, here, this is yours. And I'm just kind of sitting there. You know, I, I, I might rejoice for a little while. After a while, I'd go, dude, what's up? This is some kind of a bummer of a birthday. I mean, this day is all about me. Come on. And, uh, so, you know, but if you think about Christmas, what do you plan to bring to him. But can you imagine having a birthday celebration and recognition, and the one whose birthday it is we're recognizing 
gets nothing. So these men made the right decision. They had the right response. They came humbly. They came worshiping. But they came sacrificing and giving their best. You know, sometimes we don't mind giving things. You know, if we're taking up food for someone, we don't mind pulling that thing of canned goods that's in the back that the label's even gone off of it, and we're really not sure what it is, so surprise, <laughs> you know? We'll drop that off at the food pantry or church or whatever because we're, we're, I, I don't even know what that is, you know? But uh, that's not what we ought to bring to the Lord. The Bible says that give him your best. And so I would implore each and every one of us to, whatever it is, that you make the decision to sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ. You do that uh, three ways. You do it with your time, you do it with your talents, and you do it with your treasure. Always. It never changes. And so these men taught us that they had the right response. And then finally, last thought. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Do you notice what happened? The day they met the Savior, someone else took over the direction in their life. You find that theme and that pattern throughout the Word of God. Saul is carrying orders in his hand to destroy the church. He thought he was doing God's service, doing God a favor. But in a matter of an instant, his life so dramatically changed, but that those who were following Christ thought, man, we can't trust him because we know what he's like. Those with whom he was traveling wonder what in the world happened. There's been such a dramatic flip in this guy's life. What, what, what's going on here? But these guys, they had plans, but when they met the Savior, they recognized who he was, they came humbly, they came worshiping, and they came giving. But then finally, they listened to the voice of another. The Bible says being warned of God, so they started listening to someone else. I would challenge and encourage each of us to make sure that the voice that we give the most attention to is the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. You know, if you, if you think about it, everybody in Scripture, particularly in the New Testament, they all sought Jesus. The wise men sought to worship him. Herod sought to kill him. Crowds sought to crown him. The religious leaders sought to trip or snare him. The Roman soldiers sought to arrest him. Judas sought to betray him. And then two thieves sought immediate deliverance or, or rejecting Jesus for who he was. And then finally, the last one also sought Jesus, but he sought to accept him and believe in faith. Let me ask you this as we finish. What are you seeking? And when you find him, what will your response be? And to whom will you listen? Because when we meet Jesus, recognize who he is, come humbly. Recognize that it is he alone who is worthy of worship. And then thirdly, make sure we're giving of our best to him, our time, our talents, and our treasure. Would you stand with me? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and we've done invitation a little bit different. In fact, we've not really had an opportunity, per se, for you to come to the front in recent days, and particularly during a uh, time of COVID. But I, I do want to give you an opportunity to respond. And so if you're here this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and you would say, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about something very clearly, and I want to respond to the Holy Spirit's direction in my life right now. Would you lift your hands just real quickly, real quickly. If God spoke to you about something, just put them up there. You can put them right back down. God bless you. Many, many hands. Maybe it's about your time. You realize that, boy, I, I want to give him more of my time when I recognize who he is and what he's done for me, that he alone is worthy of worship. He alone is worthy of, of receiving the humility and honor from me. It's due him. Maybe it's 
our talents, our gifts. We recognize there are some things that God would want me to do, some changes that God would want me to make. Maybe it's our treasure, our, our finances, our material things that God would say, are you giving of your best to the Lord? Does God have you? These wise men came seeking Jesus Christ. And I hope you realize that not only is he just the tagline, the reason for the season, I hope throughout these next few weeks that you will make it paramount in your life and the lives of your family, that you and your family, and if you're single, if you're just a young married couple or, or older folks, whatever it is, make sure during these next few weeks you're seeking him and him alone. Lord, would you bless now this time that we've shared, and I pray, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, God, that you would help it to be very clear to them that the most important decision in this life is trusting you as Savior, and I pray they'd settle that even today. Lord, I pray you'd help us to, Lord, give to you our time, our talents, our treasures, and may we continue in this life to seek you alone. Help us, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you look this way? Just a couple quick announcements and I'll I'll let you be dismissed. Um, We will continue meeting Sunday mornings. Our our Sunday night, our Thursday night will still be uh, through our web services, social media platforms, and so forth. Thursday night, we are having, for the young people, uh, limited scale, but for our young people within our church community solely, we are opening up uh, our children's program for ages, uh, uh, those of you, I, I think it's uh, for Cubbies and uh, Sparks and Truth and Training. That's Thursday night at 6.30. Then we also have a separate time for all of the junior high and senior high young people. Same time slot, 6.30 to 7.15 on Thursday nights. We'll also very soon, uh, and uh, we may start it as quick as next Sunday night, we're going to open back up for opportunities to do some fellowship in here with basketball and volleyball. And if you're comfortable to do that, that's fine. If you're not, that's fine. I saw yesterday where the state of Ohio ruled that state wrestling could continue, but because of COVID, they could not shake hands after the match. (laughs) And I'm thinking, have any of you ever watched a wrestling match? I mean, you you know, just the whole idea, but nonetheless... like to do that we'll have someone who will take pictures for you um, and if you want to come uh, and be ready for that because listen uh, these ladies do a great job decorating all this stuff and that's a that's a beautiful shot if you'd like to do that you're certainly welcome to um, and we'll make sure that uh, that's all good and ready uh, to go uh, next week for you hey it's great to see you and uh, from my family to yours I'm so glad to have folks back in church on a regular basis, and God willing, going forward, we're not gonna we're not gonna make any changes to discontinue that. Um, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be wise and to be safe and to feel safe coming here. We do a lot of things to make sure that this is cleaner than it's ever been, and it's it's always been clean, but uh, we do things over and above with great regularity uh, to ensure that uh, things are clean during this time. At this time, if, if you would like to be dismissed ahead of the crowd, um, you are very, very welcome to go ahead and do that. A- anybody like that who would be more comfortable to leave now? Be, and uh, hey, this is, this is a judgment-free zone. So if you got, hey, maybe you just got to go to work. Um, some people are like, you know, hey, I like these COVID restrictions. I got my space anyway, and I'd rather people don't come. <laughs> so it, it's all good. I won't judge. But uh, otherwise, please be respectful of one another. And uh, 
you know, if somebody extends a handshake and you're not comfortable, throw your elbow out or just, you know, tell them, hey, we're all good here, whatever. Uh, let's be respectful of each other. And if we can do anything for you, um, please let us know. And I did want to mention one last thing, and I, I had a notice about that. And uh, my phone is going off the hook here. So um, let me just say this. Um, if you would like to help, uh, every year around this time, we, tr- we try to pick somebody in our, in our church community that we could help. And uh, there is someone, uh, a family that uh, has been upon my heart uh, for the past few days that I would like us to, to help some this year. So if you'd like to give a little extra towards that, if you just put on there family uh, in the other section, if you're not able to do that, hey, listen, that's between you and the Lord, whatever. I'm just saying if you would like to, I promise you that every single penny that comes in for that, over and above your tithes and offerings, uh, if you'd like to help a little bit with that, um, we'll, we'll get that to a family this month prior to Christmas. Hey, great to see you. God bless you. Have a fantastic rest of your day and a great week ahead.